good morning. What a blessing it is to be in God's house today. You know, uh, I was listening to um, Shauna with Awana. <laughs> and uh, she was up here talking about the cow kids and how well they did. And uh, a phrase came to my mind, and it's probably not what we need to use to advertise uh, our church, etc. But I, I leaned over to Lisa and I said, Shadow Mountain rocks. <laughs> that's, that's pretty awesome. I'm sure, sure all those uh, churches there were like, who is that church and where are they? You know, that's, that's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, uh, both our young kids and those older kids, uh, they've done a tremendous job. And uh, praise the Lord for that. And uh, praise the Lord for the importance and the power of God's word. Amen? And that's what we're talking about today. Um, uh, the, that's the message up there and all that, and uh, that's all fine and good. But uh, um, I, I've noticed that there, there's a challenge uh, with trying to get notes and everything and uh, uh, have to have that ready. Barbara, I mean, she starts on like Monday morning and where are they? What are you doing? What are you, what's the one? She's just hounding me. And uh, so those notes are early in the week. That's all prepared early in the week. But there's a lot of living that happens between Monday and Sunday. A lot of living that happens. And uh, I don't know, I, I don't know what you're like, but I'll tell you what I'm like. I'm a reader. I like to read. I'm constantly reading. And uh, there's a lot of things that happen after Monday and Tuesday that, that, that happens before Sunday. So these two thoughts that I'm going to share with you, they're not on the screen. They're not in your notes. You're not going to get them. This is all free. This has nothing to do with the paid message. But I have to share it with you because it's powerful and it's meaningful. And you may want to write it or them down. And if you need a pen, I've got one. First come, first serve. Um, two, two things. The first I'm going to share with you is a quote. I'm going to read you the quote and then I'm going to tell you where it came from. Love, not shared not shown and not expressed is not love at all. One more time. Love not shared, not shown, and not expressed is not love at all. Let that sink in. Let that permeate your soul. I said one more time, so one more time, even though it's the second time, the third time. Love not shared, not shown, not expressed is not love at all. That quote came from some notes that I wrote down about 13 years ago. You can put DF at the end of that because it makes me look brilliant. And it's not. It was something that I had witnessed, experienced. It was personal. But man, it hit me hard. Love not shared, not shown, and not expressed is not love at all. And my dear friends, we've got to start expressing and showing living love because <laughs> it's so very important. What is love? <sighs> wow, that's a deep subject. Maybe that should be the message today. <laughs> what is love? Let me tell you something. When I met Lisa um, 33 plus years ago, and uh, I'll never forget the first time I saw her. I was like, she's fun to look at. 
is one of those, you know, I mean, that's, that's human nature. That's how we, that, that's how we identify other, other uh, people of the opposite sex and, and find interest. It's, and there's nothing wrong with that. She's, I thought, man, she's beautiful. And then as we got to know each other, because after I saw her, I was going to get to know her. So I got to know her. And um, then one day we stood and we pledged our lives to one another, our love to one another. And now let me express one thing to you. And I'm not just giving you this mushy story for, well, yeah, I am. I'm trying to earn points. But anyway, um, but here's the reason for that statement. I want you to understand something. Love is not a mud puddle. So much of our world will say, oh, I fell in love with her, or I fell in love with... You fall into mud puddles, okay? You don't fall into love. Now, this preacher is so unromantic. When Lisa and I stood and we pledged our love to one another through our marriage vows, that was an expression, and I'll put it this way, Lisa, I choose to love you for the rest of my life. I didn't fall. You are my choice. My dear friends, Christ is a choice. You must choose him. You must decide, I will follow you because he chose you. Isn't that beautiful? So, guys, you have a chance. Say, I love you. I love you. I'm going to do it. I'm, they're not. Number two, and you might want to write this down. This isn't a Daniel quote. This is somebody far wiser and far more powerful. His words were far, seem to me more powerful. Holiness. It's a statement about holiness. Holiness is not the way to Christ. Christ is the way to holiness. Holiness is not the way to Christ. Christ is the You all should be going, wow. I mean, that's what I was hoping for. <laughs> Charles Haddon Spurgeon said that. Holiness is not the way to Christ. Christ is the way to holiness. We are in a sermon series on a book of uh, James. James is not a fluffy book. It's not a, not a, oh, that gave me warm fuzzies. I'm so happy that I came to church today. It's, although I hope you are happy you came to church. But it, James, as I've said over and over, and I'll say multiple times this morning, James is very rudimentary. It's foundational. It is instructional. And it is challenging at the very least to the heart of the Christian. My dear friends, if you are trying to be holy so that you can find your way to Christ, you've got it backwards. Christ will lead you to holiness. Christ will lead you to perfection. He's called us to be holy. Likewise, just as he is holy. So my dear friends, you want to get there? You need to follow him. Amen. So, the message this morning is, what's with the attitude? Now, you can read that however you want to. Uh, most of you are probably reading it like this, like the preacher saying, so what's with the attitude? 
But that's not how it's being written, I promise. It's not, that's not the, the, not the intention anyway. It's what was, what's with the attitude, and it comes out of the message, because James is sharing with us really three attitudes, and that's in the first point, but we'll, we'll get there here in just a moment. But uh, right before we do, let's read James chapter 1, uh, beginning with verse 19. We're going to follow him all the way to the end of chapter 1. Oh my goodness, getting to the end of something. Amen. Beginning with verse 19, it says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not forgetful, not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Pray with me. Father, oh God, I love you, and I thank you this morning for your word. Father, I thank you for the word that uplifts and encourages, as well as the word that um, instructs and reproves calls unto repentance. I thank you for your word that all the work that it does. And Father, I'm praying this morning, Lord, that as we find our way through this message, Lord, that you would speak to hearts. Father, that those who need Jesus will say yes to him today. Father, those who need to come back to Jesus will again say yes to him today. Father, have your will and your way in each and every heart within the sound of my voice. To your honor and to your glory, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So you've heard it before. Mirror, mirror on the wall. <laughs> well, you know the rest. <clears throat> I'm thankful it's from a fairy tale. Because if it were real, I would struggle not to ask. And I'm afraid I wouldn't like the answer. Who's the fairest of them all? Not you. <laughs> um, had uh, somebody leaving the first service this morning. They said, you know, uh, two words from your message this morning really struck home. He said, first one is mirrors. He said, my grandma always told me a mirror can be one of your best friends because you can look at look into it and it will never laugh back at you <laughs> i thought it was funny 
Even in the fairy tale, the witch didn't heed the words of the mirror. James shares his version of a man looking in a mirror, and he challenges us to be receptive of what the word of God is teaching us. He said, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. So what is the proper way to hear the word? And remember, as we begin this morning, James is hmm, rudimentary. James is foundational. James is practical. And as far as I'm concerned, James, the book of James, is indispensable. There's a reason why we're going through the book of James, this sermon series. It's because it's foundational. I'm new at Shadow Mountain. Although I have a driver's license that says Nevada. I'm still proud of that. What's with the attitude? I already told you this sermon would have a lot of repetition in it. I already told you this sermon would have a lot of repetition in it. I, uh, three points to the sermon. You ready? We must accept the word of God is point one. The second point is we must accept the word of God. The third point is we must or we should accept the word of God. Do you see the repetition? Well, stick with me this morning because uh, indeed we must accept the word of God. Point number one, James discusses three attitudes. I already told you this. Three attitudes we must, that must exist in the hearts if we are to accept the word of God. And all three of these attitudes begin with the same thing. As we accept it, we must. So the first one, A, as we accept it, we must submit to the teachings that we hear. James says, my beloved brethren... Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Rather than rebelling against the teachings of the word, we are to submit to it. And what I'm getting at with that statement is this. Why, would, why in the world would anybody, much less a believer in Jesus Christ, a professing Christian, a, a, a one who says, I am a follower of the way, why would anybody read the word of God and rebel against it. Nobody, no Christian in their right mind would read the word of God and rebel against it. But yet James has this instruction for us. <laughs> slow to speak, slow to wrath. Let every man be swift to hear. Listen to the word of God, James says. How, how or why would we rebel against it? Well, let me express this to you. It's not necessarily always an active uh, part of our will that rejects it. What it is, is it causes us to rebel because it goes so far against our spirit and against what we want to do that we reject it in our lifestyle. We'll get into a little bit more of that as we move along. B, as we accept it, we must confess the sin we find in our heart. James says, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. I broke the news to you last week. Some of you got upset. Some of you were upset with me. Some of you came up and were flogging me outside in the parking lot. You were mean to me. But I told you that you and I, all of us, we are, according to the word of God, according to my Savior, evil and wicked continually. Is that not a nice thing to say? I love you. 
Sorry, not sorry. It's truth. We, we struggle and we have sinful hearts. But James is saying, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. If we're going to accept the word of God, we must learn to come before the throne of God in repentance. We must recognize that which is in us and allow him to transform that. Look, I can try all day to be a good guy. I can try all day to be a good boy. I can do my best, but ultimately I will fail in my flesh but when I go to him and he causes the cleansing, all of a sudden he is capable and shows me that he's capable of washing me white as snow. The transformation happens as a result of a relationship with him and as a result of letting the word have its work in me. Amen? See, as we accept it, we must humble ourselves in view of the teachings we hear. James says in the 21st verse, receive with meekness the implanted word. I've grown up in church all of my life, and um, I've heard many, many preachers preach, and the old-timey preacher never says humble. He always says humble. <laughs> never understood that. But it sure made an indelible mark on my heart and brain when I think about saying we must humble ourselves or receive with meekness the implanted word. What that means is we need to recognize that the word is the power and that power does not reside within me. It is the word that is having its work in me. If we are going to accept the word of God, we must submit to the teachings we hear, confess the sin and the wickedness that's in us, and we must humble ourselves and receive that implanted word. Number two, we must accept the word of God. Boy, that repetition just makes me happy. We must accept the word of God. I hope if you don't leave here today with anything else, you must realize that we must accept the word of God. Next, we should align with the word of God. James said, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves as we accept the word we must align ourselves with the teachings we find a lot of people struggle with the book of James a lot of people stumble in the book of James when we get to this very point to this very piece it, he's talking about don't just hear it but be a doer and we get so caught up with this with this with this battle in our heart and in our mind between faith and doing that we we miss the whole point be doers of the word, not hearers only. A, James's command is literally to, quote, keep on becoming doers of the word. This is not meant and does not minimize the importance of hearing God's word. It does emphasize strong the need for acting, Acting. Um, I'm a word person, so let's play for just a minute. Acting. What's another word that is uh, coming from the word acting? Well, in the past tense, or in the present tense, or it could be the past tense too, but acting uh, results in action. Action. Think about this for a moment. 
Love. Action. Remember what I said about love earlier? Love that does not have action, is it love at all? Uh, love and action, they have to go together. If we're to see it come to fruition, if it's doing what it's called to, we need to be action. There was a, a, an organization at the college, the Baptist college that I went to, and it was called Love in Action. Guess what we did in Love in Action? Uh, we had preachers that went out to churches and preached. We had uh, people who went to nursing homes and led uh, uh, concerts and stuff in the nursing homes. Uh, we did uh, backyard Bible clubs and communities. Love in Action. It was all about taking the love and putting it into action my dear friends we are called as christians to put it into action it's not just being a hearer of the word but a doer just like this morning this is not just a theological lecture let me express to you what i mean by that this is not a theological lecture this is a sermon this is a message that is given to you from the word of god based on the word of god by the inspiration of the holy spirit is where i believe that it comes from but if it's a spiritual lecture, what you do is you sit there and you, whether you're doing it mentally or physically, you're, you're listening and you're taking notes and it's, wow, uh, that message made me feel good or that guy's an idiot or he thinks he's funny and he's not, whatever. And you're, you're taking your notes and at the end of the message, when we say amen and walk out the door, you shut your proverbial or your literal notebook, you go out, you get in your car and you say, where are we eating lunch? And you go through your week and you don't think twice about the word that was professed, proclaimed, and given to you. And then you come back. That's a, that's a spiritual lecture and you might have enjoyed it. You might not have enjoyed it. It might have been impactful, might not have been impactful. But ultimately, it had nothing in the way of action past that front door over there. This is not a spiritual lecture. This is a sermon that is designed to cause action. We need to be hearers of the word and then turn around and become doers. We need to do more than just sitting and listening. Jesus himself pronounced a blessing on those who hear the word of God and keep it. Hmm. Everybody uh, uh, go to Luke with me real quick. Luke. Luke eleven twenty-eight. This is so fun. Amen, preacher. Luke eleven twenty eight. You ready? But he said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Irrelevant to anything about this church, this preacher, the programs, anything. That is coming from him. More than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. My dear friends, he who has an ear probably should be listening right now. Be one who hears a message without doing anything is self-deceived. Such a listening or such a listener has made a false estimate of the situation. Jesus warned us against this error 
over in Matthew chapter 7. Listen. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we have, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I'm going to pick up with verse 24 here in just a moment, but do you hear what he's saying? He's saying, look, a lot of you think you got it going on. A lot of you think that, you, that you're, you're good and you're not. A lot of you think you've done all of the right things, but there's more to what you've done. There's more to it. There's, there's a, a deeper commitment. Verse 24, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock and the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. <laughs> I'm excited. Number 26, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. My dear friends, Jesus can't make James's message any plainer with what he said. If we hear it and we ignore it and we pack it away and say, well, I heard it and it's good, but I'm not going to practice it because I'm a busy man. One day when I have time, I'll serve him. One day when I have a better attitude, I'll serve him. One day when I get better, I'll serve him. <laughs> My dear friends. Oh, how silly we can be as human beings. We should be contrite and follow him. Jesus makes it so plain. Number three, we should accept the word and, our, and align our lives with the word. We should apply the word in James 1, 26 and 27. Again, if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. The essence of James's words in these two verses is that when you hear the word properly, it will change your life transformation will happen. Who you were yesterday will be changed by the word and you will be a different person today. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the same person I was yesterday. I want to be something closer to who Jesus is. What is Jesus? Holy. I don't want to be who I was yesterday. I want to be more like him today based on what the word of God has done in me. I want to hear the word, let there be a transformation and do what the word has instructed, shown me, taught me, encouraged me to be, brought me to. I want him to have his work in me. That's 
a great question. You ready for the question? It's not up there. It's not anywhere. First service didn't get this. You guys are special. (laughs) Can you look back over your shoulder? This is a question for believers in Jesus Christ. Can you look back over your shoulder? What's the date today? To the 25th of February, 2023. That's a year ago, just in case you need to catch up. Can you look one year ago and then look at today and see a change in you from one year ago? Are you closer to him? Has transformation happened in you? Have you overcome uh, a mountain of sin in your life? Have you served him? Have you shown him? Uh, Look, it's not about doing to be good. It's being good as a result of what he's doing. It's what he's done that transforms me and brings me to where I am. If there's no transformation, if there's no change, my dear brothers and my dear sisters, we are missing the mark. You know, missing the mark is, you've probably heard this before. I didn't make this up. If you haven't heard it before, I just thought of it last night. (laughs) There's a dartboard up here. Dartboards are usually circular which is a fun shape. And there's concentric circles that get closer and closer until you get to the middle where there's just one dot. What's that dot called? Bullseye, which I love. Well, missing the mark or sin is an archery term. And it's the archer who goes and pulls back their arrow and shoots at the target. And if that arrow misses that bullseye anywhere else, it doesn't matter where on the, the big circular target it hits. If it doesn't hit the bullseye, it's a sin. It's, it's an archery term, sin. You missed, you sinned. And you may have sinned by a millimeter. You may have sinned by 10 inches. You may have sinned and... Hit somebody a mile up the road. You may have sinned. Uh, Listen. (laughs) Where are you? Where are you? Are you getting closer to him? Are you getting closer to hitting the target every day? It has to be the transformation that the word does in you. It has to be what Christ is doing in you. A, (laughs) there are three examples of biblical application. A, it will affect your speech. James speaks of bridling the tongue. I've already told you in this message, I like to read. Words mean a lot to me. I love words. My dear friend, what does he mean by bridling the tongue? I believe that there are two things. I just want to point to them very quickly, and we'll move on. It could mean a whole lot of other things. I'm sure I've not done an in-depth study of it, and I'm not going to, not anytime soon anyway. But ultimately, number one, if you bridle the tongue, what's wrong with your tongue? Why do you need to bridle the tongue? tongue? What is the tongue prone to do? Talk bad. Thank you. I I like where you just went with that. (laughs) 
if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you're a follower of him, if you're a follower of the way, as I've used that term several times this morning, uh, repetition is the word of the day. If you are his follower, then my dear friends, cursing should never cross your lips. And you say, well, I don't curse unless I really, you know, unless I really am passionate. And, you know, some things you just preach or stop. You're meddling in my business. My dear friends, uh, it's our witness that's at stake. You are allowed to say amen. That is a good thing. But it's not just about cursing. I don't think that's all that the bridling the tongue is about. The bridling the tongue is using the tongue for anything that does not edify, build up, lift up, encourage, love. Bridle the tongue. Use it for his glory. And that's what's being talked about. Uh, if, if, if God's word changes your life, it will affect the way you talk. Uh, that's worthy of thinking about for the rest of the week. If God's word changes your life, changes your heart, it will affect the way you talk. I posted on Facebook a quote, another quote from Charles Haddon Spurgeon this past week or so. And this is it. It's the way you view God will eventually show up in the way you live your life. <clears throat> the way you view God will eventually show up in the way you live your life. It will affect, B, it will affect your service to others. James speaks of serving orphans and widows. As we are affected by, transformed by, and instructed by, inspired by the word, our situational awareness of those around us and our conduct inwardly and outwardly will naturally be affected. So, so my friends, where are you at? Is it changing you? Is it changing those, those people around you as a result of how it's changed you? Are you ministering to those who are lowly, those who are hurting, those who are in need of encouragement, those who are in need of love? Are you reaching out to them? Are you caring for others around you? Or is it all about me? That's, that's, a, that's a question that I can't answer for you. But I know that you can answer him. So, let me ask you this. When we know him, when we sell out to him, he directs our thoughts, he directs our will, he directs our feet, he directs our hands, he directs our minds, he directs our, our attitudes, he addresses, he, 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 is a part of our love and our struggle. He is a part of all of it. So, as sad as it is to say, to sing, and to contemplate, it is so very true. You ready? Without him, I can do nothing. Without him, I'd surely fail. Without him, life would be hopeless, like a ship without a sail. It's all about Jesus. James is saying, it's practical, my friend. It's practical. Allow the word to transform you. Immerse yourself in the word. I, I missed a point, and I'm going to pick it up right now. I'm almost finished, so get your mind out of lunch and back on me. I had a friend of mine. He was actually not just a friend. He was a church member, and you're allowed to have friends as church members, too. Yeah. His name, his name was Kevin. Kevin, 
Kevin's in heaven today. He uh, died of cancer a few years back. He's a young guy, younger than me. Great guy. But uh, I was preaching a message somewhat like today. Subject-wise, it was about the Word of God. And he came to my house, and he got up on my roof. We were sitting up on my roof talking because he was hanging our Christmas lights, and I was scared. And uh, he looked at me. I'm, I'm just showing you how much I remember this moment. He said, Preacher, I've heard you say it several times now from the pulpit. And you keep talking about how important it is to immerse yourself in the Word of God and to read the Word of God and to allow it. He said, but preacher, I don't read well, and I have a hard time reading the Bible, and I read it, and I'm sort of like what James talks about. I read the Word, and I get up and walk away. It's like looking in the mirror and forgetting who I am. I don't remember any of it. And uh, I said, Kevin, I've never had anybody ask me that. And that tells me a lot about you, Kevin that you're listening and you want to be obedient to what the Word of God tells us and instructs us to do. I said, but Kevin, I got great news for you, and this is why I'm sharing this story with you this morning. You say, preacher, I get it. The Word's important. The Bible's important, but it's just not my thing. I can't read. I don't like reading. I, I struggled with comprehension. It's just I read it and I forget it. And it well, here's the blessing. We are not walking in biblical times. We're not, we're not fishers, fishermen or tax collectors. We're not, we're not men. We are not wearing robes to church. <laughs> we are in 2024. And this is what I told Kevin. I said, Kevin, you're blessed. We live in the day that we do. I'm going to date myself here. Kevin, you can go get the Bible on cassette tape. And you can listen to it. You don't have to read it. You can just sit and listen to it. Or you can get a CD. Still dating myself. You can get an MP3. You can do a digital download. Now we're catching up. You can... There, there are so many ways to consume the Word of God. There are so many ways to, to, uh, to avail yourself to Bible studies and to, uh, to preaching and to, to hearing the Word of God read to you. Or, my dear friends, you have, we have no excuse. But it's not just about getting into it and, and availing yourself to it. It's, it's Getting into it and availing yourself to it. And once you've heard it, deciphering it, dis dis distilling it, letting it have its work in your heart and transforming you to be more like Christ today than you've ever been before. That's what we're called to is to be like Christ. So, my dear friend, here's the challenge of the morning. I didn't just make up those words a few moments ago where I talked about without him, I can do nothing. Without him, I'd surely fail. Without him, life would be hopeless like a ship without a sail. We're about to sing that. It's a song by a man by the name of Mylon Lefevre. Mylon Lefevre was a contemporary Christian artist in the late 80s and early 90s. It was Mylon Lefevre and Broken Heart. Um, but he grew up um, singing gospel uh, with the singing Lefevres. And after the family group broke up, he grew up and uh, became a, a songwriter. And he wrote a song called Without Him. That's the invitation hymn today. And it, it, I gave you the words, or some of the words from that song. And this song was written, oddly enough, it's in a Baptist hymnal today. 
and it has been for years. Uh, it, the song was actually written not to go into a Baptist hymnal. It was written back in the 60s for um, 50s or 60s, doesn't matter, uh, for a man that most of you know, and his name's Elvis Presley. The song was originally recorded by Elvis. And if you sing it like Elvis, you're going to get kicked out. Okay. But I want you, and I, it drives me crazy when artists say this. This morning I'm going to sing a song, and I want you to listen to the words. <laughs> what else am I going to do? I'm going to listen to the words. But I'm going to say that to you. This morning as we sing, listen, these words are powerful. And they will change your life if you really listen to what you're singing. And if you buy into what the words are saying, it's telling us that, my dear friend, what James just said is what this song is saying. Not, not the exact words, but the, the ideal. Without him, without his word, without his instruction, without his guidance, without his call on our life, without us responding, we're like a ship without a sail. We're going to wander, and we're never going to find that home port called the heart of Jesus. Pray with me. Father, this morning I pray for those in this room who don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, that today that they will respond to the word of God, the call that God has on their life, the, the wooing of the Holy Spirit, the salvation that Jesus and only Jesus can provide. Father, I pray that they will come out and they will step up and they will walk up here and say, what must I do to be saved so that I can share with them not what I think, but what the word of God says. Father, I pray for Christians who are like that ship without a sail, and they've been wandering away from you for a long time, and it's time to come home. Father, I pray that they will do that very thing, that they will come and rededicate their life. Father, I pray for those who need prayer. Father, those who need prayer about sin in their life or uh, sin in their families' lives or those who need to come and pray about a sickness or, or a trial that they're going through. Father, I'm, pray I'm, I'm praying for those who need to come up here and pray for a family member or a friend who's lost. Father, I'm praying, Lord, that you would open up this altar and, Lord, let us respond as you call us to. But Father, I'm praying, Lord, that today's word, this song that we're about to sing, when we leave an indelible mark on our heart that worries us and ministers to us and calls us all week long to your honor, to your glory. Father, have your will in your way today. In Jesus' name, amen.